Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to fight! Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And on this week's episode, we are talking about The Dark Knight, starring um, Tiny Lester. Yes, he's in this. Actually, and we're going to talk a little bit about Batman and Robin as well. We're doing uh, a two-parter. Right now, we're, we're out to dinner. We're at Moe's. And later... We're going to connect with Captain Marvelous, and uh, he was really interested in talking about Batman and Robin. Uh, very curious to hear his take on it. But this is kind of interesting, because this is, uh, by box office and by critical acclaim, this is the best and worst film of the Batman live-action films, not including the one with, uh, with Adam West that they put out, Batman the movie. But uh, Batman and Robin, Rotten Tomato score... 12 percent yes the dark knight 94 percent i mean it's it's quite a difference yeah Yeah. you can almost not get any higher than Mm -hmm. that um talk about total box office on these the dark knight uh grossed 533 million dollars batman and robin 107 million which doesn't sound terrible but it's 162 million for batman returns 184 for Batman Forever, 205 for Batman Begins, the Michael Keaton Batman, 251 million, and the Dark Knight Rises, 448 million. So this is clearly the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I think that's uh, an interesting contrast. And both of these had, there's a total of three wrestlers that appear between the two of them. Uh, and that is very interesting. Let's, uh, let's focus on the Dark Knight right off the bat. Uh, the cast, you got Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah, Heath. And that was the uh, the big deal for that movie. Was oh, he, yeah. he was uh, uh, a somewhat acclaimed actor that uh, I feel like before that had never really had a huge hit. You know, was kind yeah. of had been in a lot of stuff I had mm-hmm. seen, and for years. You know, probably maybe The Patriot was maybe his biggest film before that. You yeah, think? I would say that, and maybe one of those teen movies he did what? Yeah, 10 maybe one of I those. Yeah, maybe you. a lot of maybe let him, made a lot yeah. of money, but. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that was not, you know, he wasn't uh, a huge draw, you know, and was getting all this buzz for this. And I remember I was in a video store uh, looking at this great old video store, and it's now closed down, but it was towards the end of its life at the time. Uh, this was the one that was in that shopping center. had a Blockbuster right near it. Okay. And a Taco Bell in the yeah. shopping center. Uh, you, you, you probably remember yeah. it. It's this little place. I think it survived because they had adult titles. And we used to go over there, uh, and and I'd go through the shelves, and they would have great stuff because you'd find rare, you know, uh, old wrestling videos they had. They would have old horror movies. And so I was going through the shelves there, and I heard a DJ, you know, on some FM, you know, uh, music station came back from commercial or came back from song and said it like it was... You know, real quick, you know, he's just like, also, Heath Ledger found dead in his apartment today in New York City. And then went to the next song, and I was like, is that right? Did I hear that correctly? And I I thought it was shocking. Young guy. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Not a guy you expected to to be dead on. Although Jack Nicholson kind of expected it. Apparently Jack Nicholson (laughs) said I warned him. But there's differing opinions now. I guess Jack explained that he didn't warn him that he was going to die, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so there was a lot of advanced, um, advanced buzz on this character, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people really liked Batman Begins. A lot of people didn't. I found it just to be okay. What did you think when you saw it? I thought the biggest problem for me with Batman Begins was going into a Batman movie where they were going to tell us the origin story again. And I think when you look at superhero movies, you got. I think the Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, I think 
most people, if you stop them on the street and ask them how they became who they are, they well, can tell you. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think, to me, I don't think that that story had been told. I didn't know this uh, these ninja guys or oh, whatever, well, yeah. these uh, Asian yeah. guys. Yeah. And I didn't know any of these characters. Like, Michael Keaton didn't have any of that stuff. No, no. I mean, but and I think the, the, the 89 Batman handled it really cool because he was already Batman when the movie started and right, through Vicky Vale's investigations he sort of learned yeah. how he you know became um, you know Batman but so, so but, but I mean what my take on this though is what you what would you say thumbs up thumbs down on that movie what was your general take? I mean I own it so okay. I, I, I you know um, I would give it a, a thumbs up okay. but I mean my biggest problem was with, I, I think it's over an hour before he even suits up yeah you know, which I think in any any superhero movie, you need the superhero in their suit. Yeah, no, that's pretty quick. True. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think if we're talking about this trilogy of Nolan films, right. The Dark Knight is definitely the best of the three, in my opinion, and you know, um, the one I would probably watch the most. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you're you're getting to the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, where we're gonna, yeah. So so clearly, you're yeah, not yeah. going to tap on it. Yeah. But um, all right. So. Uh, this movie, what I, what I what I was getting at though was, I think to a degree, the buzz coming up to this movie was, hey, it's going to be better than that one, that one that some people liked, some people yeah. didn't, and was kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. This one's going to be better than that. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's going to have all the stuff mm-hmm. that was in that that you liked, mm-hmm. and there's going to be all this new stuff, including uh, Heath, Heath, Heath Ledger. I always want to say. Heath Slater. Oh, Heath Slater, yeah, yeah. That's what I always want to do. Yeah, yeah. I always want to take a three-man band into yeah. it. I think a lot of people would argue that his death added oh, some box office to I, this movie. You know, people that were curious, absolutely. people that wouldn't have seen it right. if he was alive, no, wouldn't have saw it because he was I think dead. it definitely did. I, I know when I went to see it, uh, I went opening night, and I would never go opening night for this, uh, and I, I wasn't super excited about it either. But I was doing a thing where I was trying to see a movie every day for 100 days. And so a friend of mine said he was going to see it. And I said, well, I'll join you because I need to see a movie. And I went to see it. And at the end of it, after all the credits rolled... Everybody had gotten up and left. Because, you know, people start start leaving during credits. Some people stick around now for the end. Oh, yeah, they want to see that there's a Hoping that the Avengers yeah. is going <laughs> to pop up eating a sandwich at the end or something. But... In this movie, uh, people weren't doing that, so people just kind of, it just kind of became something that, you know, immediately afterwards, people were like, wow, it was a good movie, clap, 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 oh, let me get my coat, let me get out of here. And slowly people started leaving. Well, I was one of the last people to leave, because I like to get all the way to the end. I want to see who the negative cutter was, I want to oh, get yeah. every bit of box office, let those people get in their mm-hmm. cars and go home, and, you know, use the men's room and everything. That way, when I come out, everything is open, oh, yeah. it's wide open, that crowd is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I'm me and a friend of mine are sitting there, and there's these other two dudes, like three rows in front of me, and they at the very end, last credit comes up, copyright, you know, no animals were hurt, mm-hmm. and he gets up and he goes, "All right, let's give it up for Heath," <laughs> and he turns around, and I'm sitting there with my friend, and we just went, "Yeah, you gave it, you gave it we up. gave it up," because yeah. but there was no one else there to give it up. There was a guy sweeping, and he wasn't going to yeah. give anything up, so. But this was was a big exciting thing. Now, um, also in the cast, Christian Bale. Yes. And he was talking like this, saying lots of stuff. Yeah. And I, this movie, this is one thing I didn't like about this movie was I just felt it sounded like his crazy cartoon voice, mm-hmm. and then Heat's crazy cartoon. Yeah, voice. yeah. It's like Bugs Bunny. He's like, "What's up, Doc?" He's like, "Not much. What's up with you?" Yeah. If and you're watching this without li- without seeing it, I can imagine <laughs> if you're hearing it from the other room. Yeah, you're like. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like, why is this two and a half hour long cartoon on? <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman in this movie, and there is a wrestling connection to Morgan Freeman. I found yes. Cody Rhodes was doing a recent interview, and they asked him what celebrity he'd most like to wrestle, and Cody Rhodes said it would be Morgan Freeman. He said, uh, "Quote." I feel like I could win because he's old, although I'm sure he's tough. <laughs> so Very funny. Very strange. Uh, and then the other cast member that has a wrestling connection is Michael Caine. Yes, who we saw, or I saw, in the um, Journey to the Mysterious Island they, with The Rock. So you've seen that movie. Yes. Did I, you see Journey 1? 
No, I did, did not. Did you feel lost that you walked right into Journey 2? No, the only thing I think that was confusing about it is the Rock's relationship to the kid in that movie because okay. he's not his dad. Yeah. Um, but because Brendan Fraser's his dad. Yeah, right? yeah. I have seen the, the mm-hmm. first one, Journey mm-hmm. to the Center of the Earth, I think it's called, yeah. in 3D. Yeah. Uh, but they, when they made the sequel, they were like, nobody saw that one, but we really want to do a sequel. We'll just call it Journey 2. They should have just called it Journey. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, and Steve Perry could have been in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, it turns out the Mysterious Island is another, what Jules Verne wrote, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Right. The, the Mysterious There's Island another is another story. one of his stories. So they I sort see, of. So it they, really is, yeah. They, but they, they kind of just pushed them both yeah, together. Yeah, they're like, we got, we got, it's new. Yeah. If you want it to yeah. be old, it's also old. It's yeah. a little boat. Um, WrestleMania 25 in 2009, Rey Mysterio did the Joker gimmick. Yeah. Uh, he had, like, the mask, and yeah. he had, like, purple, if I remember correctly. Um, he was always good for stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he did Captain America one year. I mean, he did, like, an Avatar thing one year, too. Remember that one? Yes, he, he did. Had, like, he, he and the, the braids. Yeah, yeah, the, the braid things. What he had a tail to? Well, no, like in, in Avatar, that's how. They yeah, they would have this tail, and they put yeah, it into their horse and stuff, yeah. and their flying <laughs> lizard. Yes, but he had like he had like braids on the back of his mm-hmm. mask, if I remember correctly. Um, on this one, there was a little bit of um, controversy, I suppose. Lawler asked, he said, "Oh, I, I think he's paying tribute to the Joker," to which Jim Ross deadpanned. At least Ray's career is alive and well, which uh, apparently got some buzz on the internet. Uh, but I guess uh, was, I guess uh, Jr. was having a bad night or something. I mean, normally he's not. Uh, <laughs> Jr. was like, ah, oh, yeah. he's dead. Unless it's about Patterson, Damn he's it. normally pretty, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. pretty good. <laughs> Those are the best, man. In the yeah. old days when they used to just Patterson and Briscoe used to <laughs> get it from Jr. every night on commentary. So um, so anyway, the the Dark Knight. We should uh, we should jump to the important moment. Unless you want you want to give a plot summary just for the the movie in general. Um, sure thing. When Batman, uh, Gordon, and Harvey Dent launch an assault on the mob, they let the clown out of the box. The Joker, bent on turning Gotham on itself and bringing any heroes down to his level. I uh, this movie also had Two Face in it. Yeah. And. He always looked like a pepper steak to me. He always looked delicious. Like, I was looking at this movie yesterday, and they're showing him, and I'm like, man, it still looks like the edge of a delicious steak, man. (laughs) It's just well-cooked, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to look gross, but Mm -hmm. instead I'm watching it going, man, I'm hungry. Uh, but yeah, so the the uh, the wrestling connection is Tiny Zeus Lister. Now, uh, to talk about him, he was not really a wrestler, but he wrestled so much that, much like Mr. T, he's so closely connected to wrestling that, I mean, I... He appeared in two federations. I think if you appear in two different federations at that point... He also wrestled in in, uh, Puerto Rico. Oh, right, so... He wrestled against Abdullah the Butcher. There's a ridiculous match match. Yes, I've I've actually watched that match. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, this guy guy was around. Uh, He started out, he was an actor, still is, is a very competent, successful actor, Uh, probably best known for his work in the movie Friday. I would say, yeah, Debo, yeah. But he um, and also as the president in um, oh yeah Fifth Element the Fifth Element yeah. I know that's a pretty big role that a lot of people remember him for yes indeed yeah so um, at one point Vince McMahon got him to be in No Holds Barred and Vince was like to promote this you know why don't you come out and we talked about yeah. this on the No Holds Barred episode he was given a lot of money to go and show up and do these appearances. And he would be at a house show, then he'd, you know, and give an interview, and he'd be, he'd be like, oh, my God, Zeus is taking it like it's real, you know, and he's not just an actor, he's a real guy, and he's crazy. And then he had, you know, his matches with Hogan and with Randy Savage, uh, where he was a team, him and Randy Savage, Sensational Sherry. Uh, no, I guess it was Hogan and Beefcake. It was Hogan and Beefcake versus two of them. Uh, Ted DiBiase and Andre were involved at one point. And then he eventually left WWE, showed up over at WCW as... Z-Gangster. Z-Gangsta? Z-Gangsta, yes. Z-Gangsta. Because they had to use the Z. Mm -hmm. But I guess WWE had copyrighted (laughs) Zeus, who was a a god, right? (laughs) Yes. So... But it was kind of neat. So he showed up over there, and you pointed out to me that he was involved in an angle with 
Jeep Swenson, yes. who we will get to because he's in Batman and Robin. Yeah, they had that whole, before Hogan sort of went NWO, they had that whole alliance to end Hulkamania that Kevin Sullivan and the Dungeon of Doom were had put together. And so uh, one of the guys they brought out to, to take care of Hogan was the gangster and the ultimate solution, who was Jeep Swenson, who yes. came out with an unfortunate name before that. That Yeah, they had, <laughs> somebody hadn't done their research. Yeah. Or they did and just thought, you know, they, they, it was that they had called him the final the solution, final solution which is yes. Hitler's solution for getting rid of Jews. Yes. Um, wrestling has a history of doing stupid things like this. I, I'm almost positive, and I haven't Googled this to see if maybe this is just a, a memory that I've mixed up, but I believe when Bob Holly debuted as, as Hardcore Holly, the Holly cost was his <laughs> yes, finishing, finishing move. move. I'm almost positive. Uh, yes. But if it wasn't, uh, heck, mm-hmm. you know what? There's no, there's mm-hmm. nobody I'd rather give give some bad press oh, to yeah, than Bob, Bob Holly. Holly. But the funny thing about the final solution versus the ultimate solution is, I don't know. The final solution only makes it sound like they were, he was going to kill Hogan. Right. Whereas the ultimate solution is like, this is the guy that we're, that's going to be the guy the that problem. he solves the problem. <laughs> yes, indeed. I think you're right. So, um, so let's talk about this movie. Um, uh, I want to. I want to kind of quickly go through yeah. the whole story. I don't know it in order, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to talk about some pivotal scenes, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to the, yeah. the boat scene, which is towards the end oh, of yeah, the movie. yeah, yeah. Well, it starts with that great bank robbery. And this was really famous because they showed this before the movie came out, attached to another film. Yeah, I, I think it was... Yeah, it was see this in IMAX mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. And it is a really, you know, brilliant scene. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sells the movie, you know, you're, you're hooked by the end. Yeah, of it. it's a bunch of guys robbing a bank, and they all think they're working for the Joker, not realizing that the Joker's part of their gang, which right. is really cool. And Joe, the Joker's ultimate plan is that everybody that's involved with this bank robbery is going right. to get killed. Yeah. Um, and so he just keeps, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to kill him. No, I was supposed to kill him. He shoots, he shoots everybody. Yeah. Um, so we then, we get uh, the Joker shows up at a party. Uh, he does the trick with the pencil with the guy's head. Yes. Which, by the way, that's Spawn. That is not the guy who gets yeah, Michael on the J- pencil. Michael but he's Jai like his yeah. boss. Yeah. He's the guy who sends that guy. Mm-hmm. Which is just funny to me that Spawn ended up in a scene yeah. with the Joker. Um also, you know, especially since because really what they were doing, at least with that movie, they were trying to make their new Batman series with Spawn. You know, I mean, that was really what they were going for was, you know, picking up uh, the Batman, you know, audience. Yeah. Didn't, didn't work. No wrestlers in that that I know of, so we can't, can't do that show. Unfortunately, no. We'll have to cover that. Talk about that clown. <laughs> John Leguizamo. Yes. Uh, the Ask Christian Slater. <laughs> That's right, yeah. The destroy the cosmos, ask Christian Slater. Um, it's it's almost as good as one day you'll bow down to me and one day you're ass. Yes. So um, we get we get some sequence where uh, Batman is, has to go to Hong Kong to track somebody down. Yeah, um, um, somebody involved with the the crime syndicate is in Hong Kong, and the police have said, "Well, we'll you know we can't go to Hong Kong to get him." Yeah. So Batman pretty much goes and well, I'll get him. Like, I'll take care of yeah. this. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. um, so we get that. We get uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal playing uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Yeah, playing Katie Holmes. And, yeah. and she blows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where he has to make a choice mm-hmm. between um, saving Harvey Dent or saving her, the, you know, the Joker. Yeah. All about making these, you know, impossible choices. You right. know, either way, you know, it's going to cost you. And Batman actually thinks he's going to save um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and he, he ends up with... Um, Dent. With Dent, yeah, the Joker Dent sort loses of half of his face. Yeah, and Dent's all, Dent loses his shit. He's like, "Hey, why are you saving me? You should have went and saved Maggie Gyllenhaal." Right. And uh, at that point, that's when he gets. And he's his like, figure. "That's not even the right girl." <laughs> they, the Joker's pulling a ruse on me. Yes. Nobody else realized this. She's different. So, uh, I I thought that was I thought that was a good scene. 
there's the scene in the hospital where uh, Harvey Dent's in the hospital and the Joker blows up the hospital dressed as a nurse. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, a was a YouTube video that somebody took with their cell phone. Yeah. Remember watching I believe, this? Yeah, I believe it was in Chicago. It was a abandoned building in Chicago that they demolished for yeah, the movie. So they, Dressed it up and yeah. blew it up, mm-hmm. and so you can just see people sitting on a hill watching them blow up this building, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. And uh, and then um, eventually we get to this uh, to this scene on the boat. Is there any other scenes you can think of before that that were really instrumental in the film? I don't think so. I mean, it's a two and a half hour movie, so I'm sure we. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, clearly we're yeah. glossing over that. Yeah. But I, 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 because there's only rest, a wrestler yeah, yeah, in yeah, one yeah. scene. I really want to focus on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think do a lot like of this, I, I think a lot of the segments we talked about were pretty long segments with the yeah. movie. I mean, that Hong Kong yeah. sequence right. is a good probably thirty minutes of the movie. Right. The bank yeah. robbery at the beginning is a pretty extended piece. Yeah, so. probably about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think. And yeah. then, the, and then the end scene with the boat is a huge chunk. I mean, yes. it's basically the third act of the film. Right, so here's here's this sequence with the boat. He's got two boats. They they're two passenger ferries. Mm-hmm. They're full of people, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "You each have a detonator, mm-hmm. and you can detonate the other boat." One boat's full of prisoners. Yeah. One boat is a bunch of people trying to get home from work. Yeah, and so whoever. You know, if whichever group decides to be savage mm-hmm. will blow up mm-hmm. the other boat. By a certain time. I think they have till 11 o'clock at night or something. And if not, they'll both blow up. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so nobody wins in this. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, that that's the incentive. It's right. like, well, hey, you know. If you want, you can just take care of the other group. Mm-hmm. So we have in the, uh, in the commuter side, we've got a bunch of commuters. They're all like... Uh, you know, hey, they're criminals. Why don't yeah, we just blow them up? Their chance, yeah, you know. they blew it. Yep. <laughs> so on the other side, we've got this group of uh, prison inmates, and the guards are getting real nervous throughout this sequence because oh, yeah. these guys are starting to get ready, you know, to up to rise up and oh, say, yeah. "Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? We can we can take down the guards at this point because all we have to do is we push that button, and, yeah. and at least we're not going to all die tonight." Yeah. And then Tiny Zeus Lister has a scene that to me was the best part of this movie. I'll tell you, it was a shot in the arm because that, I remember the first time I saw that movie, you know, it was a, you know, it's, it's a longer movie, so there was a point where you're, you know, you're kind of starting to feel it a little bit, yeah, you know. The length, yeah. And, yeah, and as soon as I saw him pop on screen, it was yeah. like a jaw, it was like a splash of water in the face, and I was like, okay, I'm on board, let's go. Yeah, I saw him in the background first, yeah. you, you, you know, and, and then, you know, he's, he's just a convict there, yeah. and he walks over... And he says to the uh, to the to the, the guy guard, holding the uh, detonator, yeah. Uh, you know the line. You know well. I mean, uh, he, no, he, I don't. He says, he says, he says, why don't you give it to me, and I'll do what you should have done, what you know you should have done, and you don't have the guts to do it because you don't have guts to take a life. He says all yeah, this, yeah. and so he takes this detonator. Tosses that out the window and yeah. just goes and sits down, yep. and no one bats an eye. Yeah, like yeah. all the other prisoners are like, "Well, I'm not gonna mess with him." No. If he says we all die today, yeah. and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's great. I think it's it's one of his best scenes. And I don't want to diminish him as an actor because mm-hmm. a lot of wrestlers that become actors, uh, and he's really not that. He's a big bodybuilder guy mm-hmm. who became an actor and then became a wrestler and then back to acting. Um, they don't necessarily have a lot of skill to do a lot of things, yeah. and somebody gives them the right part. Mm-hmm. But I've seen him great in other things. Don Juan DeMarco mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp and, and Marlon Brando. He's fantastic, mm-hmm. and he plays an orderly. And I've seen him in other things where I thought, you know, mm-hmm. he does a really good job. And, you know, you're, you're surprised that this is Zeus, you know. Yeah. Zeus. I mean, you know, a guy who real hammy, over-the-top character in a ridiculous movie. And uh, so... You know he's really good in this. What do you think about his performance? You you agree? You, oh yeah, you yeah. I, 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 this is almost a cliche for me at this point on this show, but um, it's one of those performances where you look at that scene and you say, I can't see any other actor delivering the lines the way he did and as convincing as he did. Right, right. So um, I don't I don't think it's really necessary, but let's uh, quickly before we get into the state of wrestling at that time. Do a quick tap out on his scene and on the movie. Mm-hmm. We both like his scenes, so oh, yeah. no tap on that. Mm-hmm. We both like the movie, mm-hmm. so no tap on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. Uh, I thought it was a solid movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyed it. You know, uh, 
Uh, and I, I definitely enjoyed his part in it. And you'd say that out of those three movies, you'd rank that. Now, if you were ranking all of the Batman movies, could you do it? I think I could. Uh, if you want me to take a stab right now, yeah, go uh, ahead. including uh, the Adam West 66 version. Ooh, okay. We can, can, we, we can include that. Oh, I, I you guess, want to include Batman Mask of the Phantasm? Um, considering I haven't seen that. Oh, you've never seen that? I saw that in theaters. Oh, wow. Um, but um, so, yeah, all right. I'll so, we won't include that one. We can include uh, the Adam West film, Batman the movie. All right, so I think what I'm going to do is right out of the gate, and my opinion on this has changed um, pretty recently. I used to think Batman Returns was my favorite Batman movie. Okay. Um, but I've recently flipped, and I would go with Batman 89 as my favorite. Right. Um, I would probably follow that up with uh, The Dark Knight, then uh, Batman Returns, then I would go with probably... Um, Batman Begins, Batman Forever, right? Um, Batman sixty six, <laughs> right? And then the Dark Knight Rises. What about Batman and Robin? Did I hear you say that at some point? Oh, because that—that's the dead last. Yeah, right? that's yeah. dead last. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a spoiler on <laughs> on that being dead last. Um, and I'll get a little bit more into my feelings on that movie when we get to it, uh, because uh, there is a lot of. Um, there's a lot of talk about that franchise, and, and a lot of people believe it went straight down, and other people believe it did roller coaster yeah. where it went up and down. I have so, a theory about that that we, we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, so about. I, I think that'll be good to get into. But let's just, uh, we'll go right off the bat with mine. I, I, I would go with the Adam West one first. I absolutely love Batman the movie. I love them skim-scooping up the people from the United Nations that have oh, been yeah, turned into yeah. powder. And it's got a, a rogues gallery, too. I mean, <laughs> you get it's all really, you get all guys. the villains. You get the best Catwoman ever. I you mean. get Stark repellent. Mm-hmm. So I, I, for me, that would be my favorite. I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> um, some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would put that one first. Um, I think I like the Michael Keaton Batman Probably the best of those films. I definitely like it better than Batman Returns, but I like Batman Returns a lot. But I I always like Batman uh, 89 better than than Batman Returns. I really like Batman Forever. Uh, It's a stupid movie. And I could sit here all day and tell you how dumb it is. Within the first five minutes, you know, you get Batman cracking a safe with with the guy's hearing aid. With the guy's hearing aid. And then the safe falling right back into the hole in the wall the way it should. But I like it. You know, it's campy and stupid, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought Val did a really good job in that movie. I, I, I think thought I, was, in terms of Batman's, he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought he was a, was well cast, and I, I usually like him in things. Um, I yeah, out of the um, out of the Christopher Nolan films, I think this one might be my favorite. Although I really, and I've only seen it once, but I really like Dark Knight Rises. Um, I've seen the other ones probably twice each because I think I saw them each once in the theater and then I watched them both before I saw the the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, but I really liked the Dark Knight Rises. I liked I liked the scene with Michael Caine crying at the grave. Oh, I failed that you. That may yeah. be my favorite scene in any a, of those and movies. And he's apologizing to the parents. He's at the grave yeah, of the parents. I thought that was a really scene, good yeah. scene and and like. To me, that's probably my most memorable moment mm-hmm. from any of them. So um, I might put that one higher. So I can't, I can't rattle off a list as easy as you, but I can. Uh, that's my general feeling mm-hmm. on them. But I can tell you, the Adam West one. If the other ones, if they were comedies, they'd be, it'd be a harder mm-hmm. thing for me. You know, the idea of the of the of the campy. Com- I mean, like if I was doing my favorite Superman movies, it's quite possible that George Reeve mm-hmm. Low Man movie might be my favorite. Yeah, so yeah. just I'm a fan of the really campy, and especially really old. I love. Old mm-hmm. movies, so you got an older movie versus a yeah. newer movie. For me, that's a it's a it's harder for me not yeah. to go with the older one. And that's the great thing about superhero movies that have been around for a, a long time as well, because then you have the option. If you're going to watch a Batman yeah, movie, yeah. there is a Batman movie for whatever mood you're in. Right? Yeah, it's true. No, it really is true. It's and like, even Superman, there's a Superman movie for whatever yes. mood you're in. No, and that is good because I think you know, like a lot of that, you know, um, and I think that's why those a lot of these franchises are so successful because. Like if if you even if you go out of the realm of movies, let's just say Spider Man, you know, you've got Spider Man for kids with the electric company and mm-hmm. some of the silly cartoons, then there's yeah. edgier cartoons, yeah. then there's you know, different interpretations that they've done in the movies and the comic books and mm-hmm. stuff. It's so everybody from the littlest kid to the mm-hmm. you know, to the big big uh, grown ups uh, uh, can get into that. So mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. So, um, when this came out mm-hmm. 
the same uh, week that this came out, I think it was two days later, because this came out Friday. So that Saturday, that Sunday, yeah. WWE put on the Great American Bash 2008 from Long Island, New York. Awesome. I love. I used to love the Great American Bash when it yeah, was before uh, it became the Bash. <laughs> yes, when it was the WCW staple. Um, this was during the big uh, brand split. So you had uh, Hawkins and Ryder. This was Zack Ryder was in a tag team. Uh, they won a four way for the WWE tag team titles. Uh, Shelton Benjamin over Matt Hardy for the U.S. title, and he had a long run with that Shelton Benjamin. And, and I, I remember that match, so I remember it being decent. Mark Henry against Tommy Dreamer for the ECW title, and uh, Mark Henry won, and then uh, they gave Mark Henry a new title. Uh, he had this, like, the silver ECW yeah. title, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, they said his complexion, you know, something that it looked better on him, yeah. and uh, I don't know if he was involved in the decision or how that worked, but that was what they said. The rumor is that that's where the shiny title came, and it came, came at that time, mm-hmm. so... Uh, could very well be. But, yeah, Mark Henry, pretty famous for being ECW champion. Then when he became world champion, he talked about never having been a world champion yes. before, which shows that they consider that. But, you know, the Intercontinental Champion is not considered a world, world championship. Champion, yeah. But what, is, what else would it be? Yeah, it's the, it's that it was that brand's only title. No, 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 but I'm saying Intercontinental oh, it's is the, the entire world. world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. Intercontinental is a world title yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. So, you know, they're, the, you know the, using the term world is just, anyway. Uh, there was a super grudge match between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels, which I believe was because Shawn... Uh, couldn't wrestle. He had to be involved in a grudge match, so he wasn't breaking his uh, I'm not coming back, and then he came back. I think it was around that time, and if not, it was was another match that he did this where, you know, that I'm not coming out of retirement, I'm having a grudge match. match. There were many years where Sean didn't wrestle before he he Mm -hmm. came back and then eventually was retired by The Undertaker. Um, CM Punk versus Batista. In a uh, match for the world heavyweight title, no no finish on that one. Uh, Michelle McCool versus Natty Neidhart for oh, the wow. Divas title, and this was when Michelle McCool got the title, which led to the whole Lay Cool run, yeah, you know, yeah. with her and, and Layla. I didn't remember Natty being around that long ago. Yeah, I mean, while well, she was with, she was like a valet with the um, with the uh, Tyson Kidd, the, yeah, the New Heart and Foundation. And I think that would have been after this. So, you know, it was kind of like she got forgotten, you know, like she yeah. came in wrestling and then, then moved out. Um, let's see, what else was on here? Uh, JBL fought John Cena in a parking lot. Do you remember this? I do not remember this yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, this was, you know, the cars all around in a circle and them wrestling oh, okay. you know, in a parking lot. And uh, main event, Triple H versus Edge. Two guys who have done movies, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um uh, for the WWE Heavyweight Championship, yeah, we've talked about. Um, we've well, seen Edge's movie, yes, breaking the rules. We haven't, or bending the rules, bending the just rules, just bending. Yes. And but we haven't seen uh, the Chaperone yet. The Chaperone, yeah. or well, he also did another oh, one. That, yeah, um, the reunion is no, John that's Cena. Cena. It was like not. It was the one with the Michael Rappaport and Parker Posey. Yeah. Well, he was sure like the, an ex-con. Yeah. I'm sure the one person who saw it right now is chatting at their iPod, but nobody else saw it, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But we but did talk done. about Triple H and Blade Trinity. Yeah, yeah, we did. We covered that. And I was going to say, we didn't cover Edge in Highlander yet. Not yet. So one day we'll get to Highlander Endgame. But yeah. Not the tri- only Highlander movie we, we were going to talk about no, either. No, yeah. so we'll, one day we'll do a, a Highlander mm-hmm. double feature or mm-hmm. something, you know, uh, uh, cover both of those. But... So, um, so that you know, that's that's the Dark Knight, and I think it's pretty cool that one of the most pivotal, pivotal and memorable. I wanted to make one word out yeah. of it. I wanted to be pivotal, yeah, which is both pivotal and, and memorable, memorable moments in that movie. You know, comes from a guy yeah. who has a deep history with WWF and WCW. Yeah, let's talk about Batman and Ross. Yes. So this came out six twenty nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Now, they're both summer movies. They're both Batman movies. <laughs> and they couldn't be more different. <laughs> I watched this movie again the other day. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I Let me tell you this story. And I know you've heard this, but I don't know that I've ever told this story on a podcast. It's a true story. I'm not going to even exaggerate even a little bit. Okay. I went to go see Batman and Robin. Uh, I got 
press uh, tickets. I was working at a radio station. So I got to see it two weeks before, a week before, something like that. And I went to go see it, and I had a friend of mine who had said, you want to go opening day to see this? And I called him back and said, I just got these passes. We can go early. And he said, I can't. He said, but why don't we, will you still see it opening day with me? I said, of course. I said, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I love, and it's a Batman movie. And I've enjoyed all of these Batman yeah. movies. There's no way I won't want to see it again. You figure you're going to see it five, six times in theaters. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because I saw Batman and Robin a whole bunch of times. No Batman Forever? No, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think of that. That's another thing, yeah. by the way. Robin is in Batman Forever. Mm -hmm. So it really confuses me that the one after that is the one called Batman. Man yeah, yeah. Well, Batman Forever is just a stupid name. Yeah. Out of all the Batman movies, that's probably the stupidest name. I think you're I mean, right. What's it mean? Yeah. Batman I mean, isn't going to be forever. Yeah, and that Batman was only Batman for one more movie. Yeah. That whole movie's And flawed. then they were going to call the one after that Batman Triumphant, which yeah. at least would have worked for the name for Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. But they abandoned that because Batman and Robin was Batman and Robin. Anyway, the Jeep Swenson is my least favorite part of this the first time I saw it. I'll tell you a little bit more about how I felt this time. I just remember bomb, yeah. bomb, bomb. And I just remember how stupid this movie was. So I go to this premiere. I couldn't be more bored. This was killing me. Mm -hmm. Killing me to yeah. watch this. I mean, I was so I was so irritated. This movie made me so mad. And I then uh, talked to my friend the next day and I said, we're not going to open And he's like, come on. And he's like, it can't be that bad. I was like, it's that bad. He's like, it is that bad. I can't go see this movie yeah. again. I was like, dude, I will pay for your ticket, and I'll wait in the lobby for you. I can't watch this again. Mm -hmm. I can't give this any more time in yes. my life. So I didn't go back and see it. A few months later, this may be like six months later, I'm at a diner in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. It's mm. called Crystal Diner. So mm. if anybody is ever in this area, they can go there and check this out. I'm at this diner, sitting there, and I'm at a booth, and my friend's facing me, so he's looking at the table behind me, and he leans in and he goes, George Clooney is sitting at the table behind us. And I go, what? He goes, George Clooney is sitting at the table behind us. Now, this is a dive of a diner. Yeah, yeah. And it's two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I turn around, and I'm like, and I just laugh and turn back, and he's like, no, but he looks like him, right? Yeah. And I was like, yes, that guy looks so much like a short George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're whispering back and forth that the guy looks like George Clooney. Now, at this point, both of us believe it's not George Clooney. It's just some dude. Yeah, like you said, the evidence doesn't add up. Yeah. Two or three in the morning. Why of he all he? the places in the world yeah. he's going to be, he's not going to be in Lawrenceville. He's going to be in a diner. So, disco fries. I say to my friend, because I feel guy behind me who's literally three feet from me, yeah. who looks like George Clooney, will not be offended if I talk about how much I hate a George Clooney movie. So I said, speaking of George Clooney, did you see that horrible piece of crap, Batman and Robin? And my friend goes, no, I didn't see it. I heard it was so bad. I then rip into this movie just hardcore while we're eating for the whole rest of the meal. I mean, I dissected it. It was like the very first episode of Camouflage Cinema, you know, way back then. 1997 was the predecessor to this because I went through scene by scene, picked this movie apart, talked about the good and bad, and a lot of the bad was George Clooney. Talked about how all he did was nod, smile, nod, smile. And I kept going on about how he's not that good of an actor. We get up, and we leave, and my friend goes, that really looks like George Clooney. <laughs> and I go, no. Nah. And he goes, go check. So I reach in my pocket and pull out a dollar, mm -hmm. go back to the table, and put that with the tip. Like, here's an extra yeah. dollar tip. That's my reason for coming back. And I turn around and look. So I got my extra look at George Clooney for that dollar, and he damn well better be George Clooney at this yeah, point. Yeah. So I now put another dollar into this. I look, and I'm like, and he goes, hey. And you would think that the George Clooney voice coming out of the George Clooney face would convince me that this yeah. is George Clooney. But to me, I'm still convinced the evidence is that there's no way George Clooney would be at the Steiner. Yeah. So I say, hey, and I leave. The next morning, I wake up and I look at the newspaper 
and on the front of the newspaper it says, Holy Batmania! George Clooney in Lawrenceville. And it mentions that he was at this nightclub. There's a big nightclub in Trenton called Cat Man 2. It's now got a new name, but uh, it's still there. It's it's by the Waterfront Stadium. Mm -hmm. And he was there and then went to the Crystal Diner. It says it in the article. And to this day, if you go to that diner, they have the article framed on the wall. So... The point to this is, I badmouthed that movie within three feet of him for like an hour, and he's had to sit there and take it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's my experience seeing this. What was your experience originally seeing this movie? I remember being really excited leading up to this movie coming out. It was sort of a new Batman. You right. know, you had a new guy playing him, which, you know, created some interest. I went with my, my stepdad and my younger sister, who was probably a preteen at that point. So I didn't drive. I was a passenger with my stepdad <laughs> and my sister. And about less than halfway through it, I said, if I had driven my own car, I would be home right now. It's and I couldn't leave. And I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, I could go in the lobby and play video games. But then I, yeah. And I just stayed in my seat and just, I said, I'm, I had to make it through this. And this was, to me, unthinkable at that time. Mm-hmm. A Batman movie that I didn't want. I, I would see all kinds of garbage yeah, yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. But this movie was so unbearable. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. I think they didn't prime the audience for it. I think it was too much of a left turn from the previous entries in the series. And I think that was the main problem with it. Because, you know, Batman Forever sort of yeah. going in that direction. Let's actually expand on what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so we start out the first one, which is a pretty serious film. It does have elements of camp, yeah. and it has a lot of garish colors mm-hmm. and, and is loud. But it's it's a pretty straightforward and a very good film. Yeah, yeah. The second film is darker than the first mm-hmm. one. Then the third one goes completely the other way. But I think, and a lot of people I've, I've now found believe that both three and four are terrible, and some people mm-hmm. even believe three is worse than four. Yeah. But I think, and I've seen them both again recently, I think Batman Forever is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable and feels competent, whereas this film mm-hmm. just feels all kinds of wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you think that they could have said, hey, look, we're going to have Batman credit cards and Batman sliding down a dinosaur like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Get ready for that, because that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, I I can't think of another franchise in the history of movies that made such an abrupt turn while on course. You could say that, you know, if Batman and Robin had been made five years after Batman Forever, it might have been a little bit more accepted. But, I mean, those movies were pretty close together. They were... They were sequels. They were all part of that same cluster. I mean, those four Batman films were all considered sort of, you know... Yeah, yeah, one one franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always thought of them that way. Back then, they didn't do as much of this where it's rebooted and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything was always part of the same franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they... I mean, they feel different, but I think part of it was the third one, Tim Burton's name was still on it, and by the fourth one, he was out of there. Yeah. I was excited about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh sure, I mean, how, I mean, at that point he had never he hadn't done anything you wrong. like that. Yeah. Oh, you mean he hadn't done a character like yeah, that? Yeah, but I mean, That's he hadn't very steered true. you wrong as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was coming off some really good movies. He was coming off of what, um, Eraser, which yeah, was a really, like really good movie. Um, you know, and he had a really good run in the you know the, the, the early to mid nineties. Let me um, let me talk about uh, some stuff. We've covered this in other movies, in other movie reviews. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, world box office champion on SmackDown, November eleventh, nineteen ninety nine. Vince McMahon gave him the belt, yeah. and then he got in a fight with Triple H. Yeah. Great, great wrestling moment. Also inducted Bruno into the Hall of Fame in two thousand thirteen. So very topical that he's recently been involved in WWE. George Clooney plays Batman in this. Date Stacy yeah, Keebler for quite some time now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're an item. Yeah, yeah, which is, I, it's, it's funny because I think Stacy Keebler's pretty much almost to the point where people don't remember her being involved in wrestling. I wouldn't be surprised though if they put her in the Hall of Fame just so they can get him to induct her. <laughs> if they get married, because I don't think they will though. I think if I, if the signs hold up, I think eventually she'll get ten years older than she is now, and he'll get the younger Stacy. Oh Keebler. yeah. <laughs> But let's hope that that's not the case. And they really are in love and will remain in love through thick and thin. 
I think eventually they'd really love to induct her and have her husband, you know, uh, well, hell, they'd love to have her boyfriend, but I think he wouldn't do it. But I think for if he becomes her husband or if they stay together for like 10 years, do a Goldie Hawn kind of thing, uh, Kurt Russell thing, then maybe he'd get up there on that stage because that's what Vince wants. Oh, you know? sure, yeah. I don't care about <laughs> Stacey Keebler. Yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman is in the movie Be Cool with The Rock. Yeah. A, a role that was written for The Rock. Um, oh, okay. It's funny. Be Cool is based on an Elmore Leonard novel. Mm-hmm. And in the novel, he is completely written as The Rock. It was written at a time when The Rock was just breaking in. And, you know, the, the Rock character was big. I mean, in the book, he even does the eyebrow. Oh, wow. So when the movie Isn't came out... Yeah, when the movie came out and I saw The Rock was cast, I said, well, of course. I, it seems like it was tailor-made wow. for him. So How it was, interesting yeah, that is. It's kind of neat. Um... Let's get a little bit into the the casting of uh, of Jeep Swenson as Bane, yeah. and uh, talk a little bit about some of the other other things in this because there is another wrestler in this movie. Yeah. So, um, and then and then we'll we'll save the rest of the film discussion for Captain Marvel. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he has to add. Jeep Swenson plays Bane in this. We saw him as Lugwrench Perkins in No Holds Bar. Yes. This guy had a, a weird wrestling career. He did a lot of wrestling for a lot of big companies, but doesn't have a very memorable moment. I, I think probably the ultimate solution was probably yeah. his most famous run mm-hmm. as a wrestler. Yeah. A big guy. He was 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. He looks good as Bane in this movie. Because he's really big, but he also looks like a skinny guy that they pumped a lot of air into. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks the part. Um, he wrestled for World Class Championship Wrestling in 1987 and 88. Um, that was the uh, Von Erich Federation, and he had a uh, he had a gimmick there where he would you know almost look like Corporal uh, Kirchner, only okay. really really buff, like an army camouflage uh, look with a beret. Uh, he had a big feud with Bruiser Brody, so I mean you know that's that right there. I mean that's for any wrestler that may be your most memorable moment, but unfortunately. There's not as much of that out there. You know, there's not as much. You might be able to find it on YouTube, but it's it's not something you see a lot of clips of stuff mm-hmm. from World Class. And Bruiser Brody is uh, such a memorable character, inspired, you know, Mick Foley and a lot of other people. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Vince has never really put a lot of that out yeah. there. And I think even for guys like you and I that are big wrestling fans, if Vince isn't talking about it, we know about it, we may have checked it out, but we don't get to, you know, it's kind of like Abdullah the Butcher. Once he got into the Hall of Fame, you saw a lot more of them. Yeah. You, could, you know, their WWE Classics on Demand, you know, pushed out a lot more stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they highlight them on their website and stuff. And then you, you start to say, oh, I know who this guy is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, um, he also rest, wrestled as Red River Jack, and he uh, claimed to have the largest biceps in the world. Um, he was an American who was billed as being from South Africa. Left wrestling, went to acting, no holds barred, other things. Which did a lot of stunt work. Yeah, yeah, and, and what's interesting about no holds barred is, you know, uh, also in that movie you've got. Uh, Joe LaDuke appears mm-hmm. as one of the headbangers, and Stan Hansen appears. Vince got a lot of wrestlers that didn't work for him yeah. to be in this, and that's why he's in this. You know, I think Vince's thing is he didn't want to pull his guys off TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Swenson returned to wrestling WCW 1996 as a member of the Alliance to End Hulkamania. Uh, we talked about how they, they had changed the name to just some <laughs> terrible thinking in the back. Um Let's see. WCW claimed they were unaware that they, yeah. they didn't know where they got that name from. Yeah. Like, I've never heard that that name. <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, somebody had thought they were. They're like, they were, my face is red. Yeah, I'm so clever. Look at the name I came up with. Ted Turner's like, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the alliance was the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen, and they were going to end Hulk Hogan's yeah. career. Were you watching WCW at this time? <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I always thought the funniest thing about the alliance to end Hulk uh, end Hulkamania was Hulkamania eventually ended, and the only reason it ended is because Hulk ended it. So it was like Kevin Sullivan had spent all these years trying right. to destroy something that ended up destroying itself. You know, it was almost like Hogan stole Kevin Sullivan's and, the, and his alliance's thunder. It's true, you know. But yeah, I was watching uh, WCW at this point, and. Uh, 
remember all the, the lead up to um, the uh, the dungeon and, tr- and trying to destroy Hulkamania. So, Swanson died, or Swenson. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I always hear it's, it's, it's not, the, it's not the TV dinner, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, he died August 18th, 1997, so it's just a few months after the release of this film. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, you He's know, probably still in theaters. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where all of his obituaries was like, you know, he's the villain in the newest Batman mm-hmm. movie. Um, Hulk Hogan and James Caan gave eulogies at his funeral. Yeah, he was in a James Caan movie that I can't recall the name of at this moment. Yeah, at that makes moment, sense, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he was he was just 40. Yeah. He, he was a big guy, he was 400 pounds, uh, but seemed healthy enough to, you know, to act in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do a check. That's what I mean, yeah, he, if, he, if he's doing stunt work and, and movie work, yeah, I mean, he had been cleared for insurance purposes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also in this movie, and we'll get into this much more with Captain Marvelous, but Jesse the Body Ventura as an Arkham Asylum guard. Yeah. I just, I found so funny in theaters. He's like, you're not getting out of here. And I was like, oh my God, that voice. I know that voice. Yeah. Talk about burying the lead. I mean, it really wasn't one yeah. of those things that, uh, you know, you so knew going unmemorable. in. So unmemorable, yeah. Um, Batman and Robin try to keep their relationship together, even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City. Poison Ivy, I think, is a bust in this movie. Sure, it was It was one of those things where they didn't feel in any of those Batman yeah. movies after the first one, like one villain was enough. We need to throw a bunch of these guys. Yeah, and she was doing this whole Mae West thing, sort of. Yeah, you know? yeah. Come and see me sometime. <laughs> Here's an article from the Washington Post, September 1997. George Clooney uncowled. The first inkling George Clooney had that not all was well in his debut as a mass latex superhero came when he finally saw Batman and Robin on the eve of a publicity tour this summer. He sneaked up into the balcony of the massive Bruin Theater in West Los Angeles to catch it with the press, and he got that sinking feeling. He's not going to lie about it. Now, here's the George Clooney quote. So just, I can't do a Clooney impression, but just picture me smiling and nodding my head a lot. You're not stupid. You can feel the lull. You get the sense it was you didn't I didn't get the sense it was terrible, just that it was not everything I'd hoped. The story got confused along the way to say the least, but it was a tough call. This is what Batman is. And I walked into it with my eyes open. So this movie just was a flop. I yeah. mean it was a resounding thud. I don't understand how you could be on set though. And not with, see with this your bat with your bat skates on. Yes, you're clicking your heels. You're you're pulling out your bat credit card. You're yeah. getting close-ups of your bat butt. I mean, it's, I I read the novelization of this before I saw the movie, and I remember saying to a friend of mine, "I bet they'll cut out all this dopey dialogue that they have for Arnold Schwarzenegger." And the funny thing is, like when you read that stuff. In print, I used to love to read those books before, you know, movies. And it wasn't even like reading a novel. Yeah. You were reading a, somewhere yeah. a guy took a screenplay yeah. and adapted it to a book. I almost bought the Man of Steel book the other day. It was a paperback yeah. at Target I saw, and I was like, uh, maybe in a couple months. Yeah, fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something about, you know, seeing what this guy brings to the table. But I was convinced that they were going to cut out all that dopey dialogue. I told my friend, I was like, it's a lot of, because a lot of times in those books, there's things that don't end up in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, there's extra scenes. And then other times, like the Back to the Future 2 novelization, all the swear words are replaced with other dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so you'll, you'll find... You know, where you'll find stuff like that where you're like, oh, I bet Arnold says something really mean here. And so they put, you're going to go to the cooler instead. So, I don't know. Came out came out very bad. Jeep uh, Swenson's performance, tap or no tap? I got to tap I'm on tapping it. to it. It's terrible. Just because it was such a, I mean. It's the worst part of the movie. And, and it's such a killer character. Yeah, and it's he's a, a, it's a big this. buff guy with a luchador mask. I mean, how do you screw that up? Yes, it's really, it's it's bad. Yeah. I tapped to that. I mm-hmm. tapped to the movie. Yeah. I will say, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this with Captain Marvelous, I enjoyed it a lot more the past two times mm-hmm. I've seen it. So I've now seen it three times. Because you were primed for it, probably. I think that's it. Yeah. I think, you know, the first time I saw it in theaters, hated it. Revisited it for the first time in preparation of seeing one of the the uh, Christopher Nolan films, uh, and and liked it. Uh, in that, I knew it was garbage, and I, I think it's important to say I was like, "This piece of garbage 
is fun to watch because yeah. I know how bad it is. Mm-hmm. When they click their heels together and when they say cowabunga and all these stupid, stupid things that happen, I know it's bad, and I think that's why I like it. Because I, you know, I still I won't just throw this in. I probably will never see this again. But um, I did find that, like I was like, there's a lot of action sequences that are stupid as can be, but it work, you know, action wise. And you know, it's fun to see, and I like the color and the look of it. Cinematography is pretty decent. Uh, so yeah, I, I still got to tap out and tap out very hard. This oh, is yeah. a this is a full tap. There's no there's no question about it. But I will say. Going into this, knowing it's a piece of garbage, I think really helps. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe the first time, though, you'd still be like, wow, I heard it was a piece of garbage, but, but that is really a piece of garbage. But then after that, you're like, whoa, here's, here's where they're going to do the other stupid thing. Yeah. Oh, dear. I almost see it like I wouldn't even tap as much as get out of the ring and walk to the back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know that you know I'm too either I'm too you good for this. Yeah, yeah, just I'll, I'll forfeit it. You know, just forfeiting. Yeah, taking taking yeah. my belt and going home. Yeah, I was. You knew the bad news, Ben <laughs> Brown, when he was the last member of the Survivor Series team, and he was like, "Screw this," and he walks out. Yeah. State of wrestling at this time, 1997, right around this time, June 16th, there was a uh, WWE card. This is what is in the report. Now, the reports online are almost always very detailed. And this is very detailed, except for this first match. Tony DeVito defeated an unknown. This means that the guy who was writing it down, he didn't even remember who this jobber was. And can you imagine that guy now? He goes on the Internet. He's like, I know I wrestled then. Yeah. He's like, I guess I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) He's showing people. He's like, that was me. Or maybe, who knows, it could be anybody. It could be... It could be a huge superstar right now. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. That's John Cena. It was little baby John Cena. <laughs> so on this uh, on this card, you also had uh, uh, Mike Bell defeating Jeff Rebolt, who I guess was local talent or, or somebody I don't remember. But Mike Bell, uh, you may remember from that documentary, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Okay, yeah. His brother was the maker of that documentary, and he's heavily featured in it as a professional wrestler yes, who took a lot of steroids uh-huh. and he passed away a few years ago um, uh, had that terrible fate that happens to a lot of people that take take a lot of steroids mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people in the wrestling industry I think it's the steroids and the drugs usually com- combined that seem to do it there was a shotgun Saturday night taping oh also before one of the other dark matches Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Phineas Godwin so that wow. was that was before they got to the actual taping of shotgun which was uh, aired on 621. So this so would the have night been after, you, you, the night after Saturday the movie night, came yeah. out, yeah. Um, but uh, a, a week after the taping, because you mm-hmm. could get away with that, because yeah. this was happening June 16th, which is kind of interesting. They, they certainly can't really get away with that anymore. But, I mean, there were times years ago when, like, the, uh, the pay-per-view where, uh, from, from England, where the SummerSlam, where the British Bulldog beat... Uh, um, Bret Hart. That was taped and aired in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It had happened. It's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they even did that with the magazine sometimes too, didn't they? Oh was my God! A, oh yeah, that would where be. Savage had the, the yeah. belt on the cover of the magazine. There would be stuff like yeah. that in the magazine all the time. <laughs> if you would read the magazine, sometimes they'd also hint at things because they knew that they would have already happened. <laughs> so they had to find a way to word it where you'd be like, "Oh, they are obviously this was this is uh, not written in advance, <laughs> but they're topical. It's a brand new magazine, you know." Uh, let's see, also on the card, Mankind defeating Rockabilly with the honky-tonk man in his corner. Uh, Henry and Phineas Godwin against Ed Ramos and Salvatore Sincere. Wow, so look at Phineas Godwin doing double duty that night. That's right, well, a dark match, and then he had, a, he had to fight that yeah, young so up-and-comer. Yeah, he, he, he got a win and a loss. Yes, Salvatore Sincere, oh my God. <laughs> Brian Christopher against Tommy Rogers, who, it was a very unmemorable run Tommy Rogers had in WWE, but uh, had a lot of success elsewhere, and is a guy that I think is still working occasionally on the independent circuit. Uh, Ahmed Johnson, Farouk, and Kama defeated Mike Bell. Got another, duty, yeah. another match. Tony DeVito, another, another match for him, and Jeff Rebolt. So that's pretty crazy. Then the uh, Raw is War taping had, uh, let's see, uh, tag team tournament quarterfinals. I'll just mention that Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith were involved in this. Triple H pinned Phineas Godwin again. 
Chris Candido beat Brian Christopher. Rob Van Dam was involved in this. So that's, was his part of that ECW Yes, invasion. indeed. When yeah. when Rob Van Dam was Jerry Lawler's guy because he was Mr. Monday Night, yes. and he was he was way into WWE and, and not into ECW despite actually really working for ECW. Steve Austin versus Brian Pillman. That must have been an awesome match. Yeah. Uh, Ended via disqualification. Owen Hart, who was handcuffed to a ring post outside, interfered. Um, there was the tag team quarterfinals later, where the Headbangers defeated Lawler and Rob Van Dam in three minutes. <laughs> Farouk and Kama defeated uh, Undertaker and, and Ahmed Johnson. Kama pinned the Undertaker when Ahmed Johnson refused to tag in. How crazy is that? Uh, there was also a card on June 20th uh, from the, the Core State Center, which was the old uh, Philadelphia Spectrum complex. You, know, you had, the, you had the, the big arena and you had the, the Philadelphia Spectrum, which yeah. has now been torn down. And the, the, now they have uh, uh, a baseball stadium and a football stadium. Uh, back then they just had veteran stadium. But uh, this car is pretty good. Do you want to talk about it? I um, sure. Um, it was... Um Scott Taylor. Scott Taylor pinning Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war, who is just incredible. Yes, and and Scott Taylor went on to become Scotty Too Hotty. Oh, so right. yeah, I so you got a yeah. Um, Flash Funk pinned Rockabilly. Um, Brian Brian Pillman pinned Jesse James. Yes, um, yes. Farouk and Kama, who was subbing for Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> defeated the Headbangers. Um, Vader pinned Gold Dust, right. which had to be a great match. Um, the Legion of Doom fought Henry and Phineas Godwin to a double DQ because I guess uh, both teams had to be protected. There was a great, yeah, <laughs> there was a great feud between the two of them though because at one point they did the Doomsday Device and broke Henry Godwin. I think it was Henry Henry Godwin's neck, and it's a yeah. horrible injury if you see it. He recovered and you know and, and came back, but yeah. uh, if you watch it on TV, it's a it's a horrible horrible injury. You also had Mankind beating uh, Triple H via disqualification. And um, world champ at the time, The Undertaker and Ken Shamrock defeated the IC champ Owen Hart and the European champ Davey Boy Smith after Taker hit the tombstone what? on somebody. Why would why would you do that? Why wouldn't you have those be two singles matches? That sounds so horrible. It's like yeah. the ingredients are good, but who wants to see Undertaker and Ken Shamrock tagging? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, Owen and, and Davey Boy, sure, that's a team, but... There's no, you're not going to strike lightning in a bottle with those two. Well, anyway, so that is it for now, but we will see you next week, and we'll be with Captain Marvelous. Yeah. We will do more of this, Craig. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to it. And we will see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crack. Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills in the ring. Tag team. Howard Patrols is John Triton. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. No more rhymes now, I mean it. Anybody want to feel it? What's that smell? Down goes Jimmy King. Oh my God, a four-post massacre. No one can survive this. 